spend time with God every day. Every day. Every day. I will spend time with God. I will pray. I will pray. 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 I will pray. I will be holy. I will be holy. 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 I will be. I will be holy. I will fulfill God's purpose for me and my generation. My generation. My generation. I will fulfill God's purpose. God's purpose for my generation. For me and my generation. My generation. I will live the vow. Uh, this will be the final week where we'll, where, uh, we'll be in this heart, Heartbreaker series. Um, and the idea here, the primary premise for this series is where your heart will be a decade from now. Uh, and the desire to be wholehearted in love with God 10 years from now. So that when you're 30, give or take a couple of years, when you're 30 years old, you have a heart fully alive. You have a heart in love with God. And the premise was, even looking just at the statistics of how many young people that are fiery for Jesus as a high school student often lose their way in their college years. So you're in your college years right now, and you're probably seeing it. Quite possibly, you're seeing some of your peers, some of your friends start to, you know, engage in uh, immorality, start to calm down their intensity for God just a little bit under the banner of, uh, just checking new things out. And, and the thing that we want to press with here in this series is this idea. A decade from now that you would have a heart alive. Primary scheme of the enemy is to take that fire away. To try to crush your heart. So we've just hit on some big ideas the last few weeks. Dan talked about comparisons. Talked about how easy it is to compare yourself to others. And when you feel like you're doing well, you compare yourself to others, and you're doing better than them, it builds spiritual pride, which is a downfall. If you compare yourself to others, and you feel like they're doing better than you, in time, you'll be filled with shame and be discouraged. Either way, you lose. And so, but it will be, comparison will be a part of your life, uh, unless you choose, unless you fight for it not to be. The natural way, the, the human way is to compare And unless you get a mindset of focusing on Jesus, it will be easy to just slowly start to compare yourself. Friends, siblings, colleagues where you work, uh, fellow students at your university. And the only one that we compare ourselves to is Jesus. Because when we look at Jesus, we never look at him and get spiritual pride. We never look at him and go, yeah, I could do better than the perfect holy man. No, it doesn't happen. Right? So that isn't a problem. And when you look at him, you never are filled with shame when you fall short because those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Are you with me? So when you look to Jesus, you do well. We talked about comparison. We talked about shame the next week. We talked about one of the primary uh, things that will come against your heart is this feeling of inadequacy. This feeling like you can never measure up. Talked about there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we talked about those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. We talked about coming against this heartbreaker, this thing that crushes people, which is I can't make it. I can't measure up. I can't be something. I can't be, I can't break this habit. I can't uh, finish this education. I can't, whatever is the thing. We talked about staring at Jesus yet again. And that's the solution. To a decade from now, not having shame. We talked about possessions a couple weeks ago. I talked about the temptation to become, in our culture, someone who lives for worldly possessions. 
And, you're, and, and, and you will, you have run into it. You ran into it when you were in junior high and high school. It's a part of your life now in college. And in this culture, it doesn't let up. It just changes forms. Instead of it being about an iMac and an iPod, it becomes about, you know, a minivan and a big house. Just, it just changes. All right? Minivan's the not so cool side. <laughs> For those of you that were wondering. All right? So it'll, it'll go from, uh, and so we talked about possessions last week. It'll be a temptation to kind of grab your heart. And then last week, Dan talked about offenses. And this one is really big. Because one of the ways that, that we see this over and over, and don't worry, I'll get to this week's sermon. You're like, good grief, this is like the longest introduction. We're still reviewing. Dan talked about offenses, and, and one of the big things about offenses is it's not just like, like when you're in high school, maybe it's like I'm mad at my friend, or in college, I'm bitter at the girl that broke up with me and crushed my heart, those kinds of things. But one of the things that I've seen is people that become offended at a spiritual leader because they wronged them. And so be it a youth pastor, a college pastor, an author, uh, a, a parent, um, someone that they just looked up to, any form. And here's one of the things that happens. They become offended or hurt by that person and they categorize God into the whole thing. So they'll put church or they'll put God and they'll just put it all into one category and say, forget that. That spiritual mom and dad hurt me. That real mom and dad hurt me. That pastor hurt me. That college pastor, that collegiate house of prayer director hurt me. Hypothetically, there's lots of us. <laughs> I only know of one. But anyway, and so, uh, and so, I, and so but one, of the big, one of the big things the enemy will do is try to get you offended. Offended, uh, and, and there's lots of offenses, but I really wanted to just hit on that one. Is to be offended at a spiritual leader. And I just want to break the news to you. As someone that's following Jesus decade after decade after decade, as you follow Jesus decade after decade after decade, just be okay with this. Just lock it in. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but get this. Many spiritual leaders will let you down. It's one of the things I've had to come to grips with. I mean, I, I, I was like you. I was, a, you know, there was a day where I was like, I had a whole lot of heroes, a whole lot of people that I wanted to be like. And I've just watched over the years, I've just watched, uh, I remember, you know, early 90s, some people that I thought were awesome let me down. Mid-90s, same thing. Late-90s, same thing. And now even in the nine years that I've been here at New Life, I've seen it again. And so I just, just want to kind of come in and do a prevent defense here and just say, hey, I just before, before that becomes an offense in your heart, before you have a wrong presupposition that people aren't going to let you down, the spiritual leaders are all going to be wonderful, just be ready. If your depth in God, if your spiritual pursuit of God hinges upon the expectation of great leaders, you will be sadly disappointed. So one of the things that the enemy wants to do is try to get you to falsely buy into that so that when it inevitably happens, inevitably, you'll be offended, you'll be mad, you'll categorize God, church, and that spiritual leader into one category and go your way, which isn't Jesus' way. And so, uh, and so anyway, this week we're talking about something else, but um, those are, those are, sorry, add on to Dan's talk last week. But anyway, uh, pr uh, so... So I want to just talk tonight about this idea. I want to talk about, and I made this up tonight. This is kind of new. Never talked about this before. But I'm going to talk about marinating. 
all right, marinating. Proverbs chapter 4 reads like this. It says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. He says, above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. So when, when Solomon here is talking about your heart, he says, guard it, protect it. It's the wellspring. Out of your heart, there's, there's rivers, there's life that comes out of it, and you need to guard it. And it's that idea, that guarding that I want to talk about tonight. And it kind of works into all these other ideas that we've talked about over the last few weeks. But what he says is he's saying, protect your heart. Fight for it. Don't let people, don't let evil things, don't let another person rob you of your life. Protect it. Guard it. Treasure it. It's a wellspring. When I was a freshman at Mid-American Nazarene College in Olathe, Kansas, I uh, had an RA uh, that, would, that would talk about, um, he was our, my, my, my RA for we were the L1 West side, you know, that was our side. And, and the thing that he would always do is a phrase he would always say, whenever he was talking about going, and going to the dorms and we're all going to hang out, uh, he would always talk about we're going to go marinate. And uh, it was just this term that he would use and uh, he would always talk about, hey, let's just, y'all, let's just marinate tonight. Let's just go marinate. And and uh, as I was thinking about this big idea, that was a verbal picture of one of, the, one of the things I think you and I in our day and age are tempted to do. One of the things that we're tempted to do is in a sense to marinate. And here's what I mean by that. Marinate, what I mean by it is the opposite of guarding. If you, if you guard your heart, then you don't let other things in. If you guard your heart, then it's like, I'm not going to let the ways of the world, I'm not going to allow this ungodly relationship, I'm not going to allow the lust of the age, I'm not going to allow the greed, I'm not going to allow the lack, lack of the fear of the Lord, I'm, uh, I'm not going to allow any of those things, after my, I'm going to guard it, I'm going to protect it, I value it, I treasure it, I know that it's a wellspring, I know that everything comes out of my heart, and so I'm going to protect it. The opposite of that is just kind of marinating, and here's what I mean by that. Marinating is this, it's kind of saying, I'm going to sit back, do nothing, and whatever comes my way, I'll just let it kind of seep in. And it's kind of like, because I lack a plan for my heart, because I lack a vision for my heart, because I can't tell you where I want my heart to be 10 years from now, or one year from now, or even a month from now in God, because I'm not able to articulate that, and I'm surely not taking steps toward it, then in a sense, I'm just marinating, and whatever girl, whatever television program, whatever book, whatever marketing pr uh, campaign, whatever car commercial, whatever person values something that whispers it or Facebooks you about it, whatever wants to come and take my heart, it's like here, open hunting day, field season day, come take my heart. Come, just, you can have a piece of it. And it's kind of like when you marinate something, when you marinate something, it's slow. It takes time. And that's the way that I see this. I don't see many of my buds that were like after God. I don't see many of them go, that, that in that day, they weren't saying, you know what? My plan is to, you know, a few years from now, be totally lethargic. Wear, a, instead of a kill the devil t-shirt, put a, come on, I love me devil t-shirt. You know, be drunk. And uh, spend all my money on myself. And be really mean to people. And, I don't know, beat people up after church. I mean, it, like, like, no one has that. No one's like, has that. I'm going to intentionally, you know, be distant from God. And here's the plan. No, here's what happens. Over time, 
you allow the lust of the age, the pleasures of the day, the comforts, the greed to slowly seep into your heart. And it's just, it's just, it's a slow, slow process, just like marinating. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it's a slow process that just seeps in. And I think that for you, as you fight for your heart, which is what we're talking about in these weeks, when you think about fighting for your heart, you got to know that most of the things that the enemy's going to come to destroy your heart with probably won't be a, a, a confrontative, immediate, in your face, I mean, horrific godless sin. Sometimes that might be there. Most of the time, though, it's in a slow allurement into what seems acceptable. And over time, surrender to Jesus decreases as toleration for lethargy increases. And it's a slow process. It's not fast, usually. It's slow. You wake up a few years later, and you're shocked at where you're at. It's usually slow. Not a fast process, a slow process. Jesus, we are, we're all familiar with Jesus saying in John 10.10. 10. Don't worry, I'll get to John 4. Just stay there. We're all familiar with John 10.10 10 where Jesus says, where he says, I've uh, come that you may have life and life to the full. We're all familiar with that. And so when we think of that, we think, all right, um, life in me, you know. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the vine. Jesus is the bread. Jesus is all those things. Jesus is awesome. Jesus in me, and I'm going to have life. And we think that. And, and a lot of times, that's kind of, you know, where we stop. That's just kind of like, that's the good news. And that is the good news. But if you're going to have life, it's not like you pray a prayer and then sign up for the furnace and then... You have life. It's, it's, not, it's not the way that it is. Because there's a really real enemy that is fighting against your heart on a daily basis. And so it's not a sign up and I'm done. It's not even a sign up, meet some people, get connected, quote unquote. Every church uses those phrases right now. But it's more than that. God, Jesus will give you life. He will give you life. But you will have to fight for it to sustain it. You have to fight to sustain it. And you have to fight even harder for your heart to grow. In tenderness. Where you open up the scriptures and you weep over the scriptures because it's real to you. You see, a Matt Timmermeyer can't stand up here and just kind of fake what happened tonight. There was, there's something going on in his heart where he looks at a prayer meeting and week after week says, no, we're going to go for the fullness of what God wants. And I can promise you that there's been a whole lot of fighting to try to get Matt to calm down, chill out, slow down. But it's a real war. It's a real battle. And Matt, just like you, has to fight for his heart day after day after day. So if you take John 10.10, and we say, hey, yeah, but Jesus came that we might have life and life to the full or life more abundantly, depending on your version. The funny thing is that's actually the second part of the verse. The first part of the verse is the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. 
And I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a realist that's walking in this for a while now. And I want you to know that part of the verse is really true. The enemy has come to kill, to steal, to destroy what? Your heart. But I came that you might have life and life to the full. I came, Jesus says, to that you have life, life to the fullness. But you don't work right if you think that you prayed the prayer, got the life, signed up on the dotted line, joined the community of faith, and you're done. Count me in. No. There's a fight. There's a daily war. There's a daily battle. An enemy has picked to wage war against your heart. And I'm just wanting you to lock in with this because I'm not here doing a discipleship program for sizzle factor, fun factor, hang out. No, our, our, we have a dream. And that dream is that a decade from now, you guys would be apostles, prophets, preachers, declarers, worship leaders. And a decade from now, you would have far surpassed Dan Perkins and Joe Couch in depth in God. But it's, I don't want to, I, I, I've watched different ministries say things like that. You know, like mine was Gen X, you know, we were the Gen X, Gen X stood for Christ because, you know, I mean, it was crazy. I mean, it's all this cool, like, stuff, like, kind of, like, fun and exciting. And, you know, we, we kind of build up marketing around it. But it's 14 years later, and I can tell you, if you look at where my generation's at, we're not anywhere close to looking like Jesus. It's on our watch right now that the 30-somethings are deeply entrenched into more immorality by far than where our parents' generation was. Far more debt, far more rage. I I just don't want to play kind of like, hey, let's play church. Let's talk about how a decade from now are you really going to really have a heart fully alive. I'm telling you, it's going to take work. There's going to be a very real enemy that comes after your heart on a daily basis. And, and you got to just get used to it being okay to talk war talk. I mean, I wish it wasn't war talk. I mean, wouldn't it be sweet if it was fairytale talk, Smurf talk, Disneyland, Candyland, sweetheart talk? That'd be nice. You know, God saved and everything's easy and good. I just, I mean, ask the old guys like Joe and Jariah. They're old. It's not. Right? It's just not. In fact, it's a war zone. It's a very real battle. And I'm going to go, I'm going to tell you tonight, the battle of the ages. The war zone that's taking place is actually over the affections of your heart. That's, that's what's going on right now in the spiritual realm. Jesus comes, dies on a cross. Why? your heart he makes he literally comes he defeats sin and satan forever on the cross why is he doing this so that there might be a fulfillment of john 17 26 so that there might be a fulfillment of psalm 2 so there might be a fulfillment of matthew 22 love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul all your mind all your strength that's what jesus is looking for he's looking for you to love him with all with everything (laughs) did i have i lost you tonight are you with me And so I'm just here to tell you it's a very real battle. You're in a battle. The battle of the ages is between Jesus and the enemy. It's over your heart. 
<laughs> I mean, sometimes when you look at the Old Testament, we read through Old Testament, and we look at, go, wow, you know, they, re- they look a little more exciting. See kind of some of the stories of battles and wars. When I did the sermon here at New Life a while back, and first week when we talked about prayer, we were talking about Moses, and we were talking about persistence. Do you remember that? Talking about the story of the Amalekites. Sounds kind of cool when Moses and Joshua and her and Nun, you know, and all those people, when they go to battle. I don't think Nun was one of them. But I think, it's, I think it was yeah, Joshua's daddy, right? All right, but anyway. Probably her's uncle. <laughs> That's my weird uncle, Nun. But anyway, uh, my name's her. Uh, had to throw that in. But... Um, but when you look at that and you see some of those battles, we look at that and go, wow, epic, you know. Those guys go to battle against the Amalekites. Deborah goes to battle. Gideon goes to battle. Remember? All through the Old Testament. David goes to battle against Goliath and the Philistines. Elijah outduels the prophets of Baal, right? But here's the thing. When Jesus invades the planet, he defeats the enemy. And now, it's a very real battle going on. But it's not you and the Philistines or you and the Amalekites. The battle is over your hearts. And you play a central role in the war. You decide who will receive the affections of your heart. Jesus or the enemy. Now, the enemy's goal is not for you to get to, like, love the devil. It's not to sing, I love you, devil. Or not. That's not what I'm talking about. Here's how the devil wins. The devil wins by you not fully in love with Jesus. He wins. Remember that, Revelation 3? If he gets that, then he wins. If he gets you lukewarm, he wins. So, that's where the devil's going. And your heart is the territory being fought over. I just want to tell you that you staring at this long battle in front of you called daily loving Jesus in the present tense with all of your heart is a very long battle. It's more than a delirious song. It's more than commitments at ministry time after sermon. Or a couple expressions of social justice. Or mission trips. Or not doing some bad things. Loving Jesus with all of our heart is a daily decision. And it's a long battle. And I don't... I know that if we were to talk to, you know, 80-year-olds, they would say, maybe some of them would say that their life went quickly, you know, and it's, it's, it's over in a second. But can I just be older brother tonight and, you know, old man in the group here in my 30s and tell you, it's, it's pretty long. Like, so, I mean, like, life's kind of long. Like, loving God with all your heart daily through every circumstance and good days and bad days and not giving, it's a, you're going to need a whole heart for this long of a journey. 
You, you, can't, you can't swing the axe and go for it half-hearted and think you're going to make it. You can't like have half a sword and half a heart and think you're going to make it. The journey for you isn't going against the Amalekites or the Philistines. The journey for you is 60, 70, 80 years wholehearted. That's your battle. An enemy wants to do whatever he can to take you out. Offended? Great. Shame-filled? Sure. Loving possessions? Take it. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God? Deal. Whatever it takes. Whatever is the snare to entrap you. Whatever is the snare to try to get you to check out. That's what the devil will use. And it's way different. A different plan that he has for Matt than he has for Jariah. Than he has for Joe. Than he has for Christopher. He has a plan though. He's going to try to take you out. And I'm telling you. You need your whole heart for the battle ahead. You, at 21, give or take a few years, got to go deep and go, I am going to love him with everything. I'm going to know him. The journey is long. A half-hearted heart won't make it 60, 70 years. There's not only the resolution that I want to make it, but there's the determination of how. How? It's a daily decision. I'm just going to read it for you. Don't worry, we'll get to John 4. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says this. Therefore, do not lose heart. Okay? Though outwardly we are wasting away, here it is, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. By day. By day. Inwardly. We're being renewed. It's a di- it, how, how do you keep your heart? Who knows how to keep your heart? Paul does. He goes, hey, cur- hey church in Corinth, listen. I can tell you how to not lose your heart. Hey, if anyone knows how to not lose their heart, all our ears perk up, right? I mean, if there's someone that knows how to not lose heart, I'm all ears. I want to know. Paul says it. He goes, inwardly you are being renewed. Day by day. What is that? Oh, is it this again? Yes, it's this again. Spending time with God, renewing your heart day after day after day. It's a daily decision. I'm going to be renewed in the knowledge of God. I'm going to come to center and go, I'm going to remind myself of my identity in God. I'm going to give worship and praise and declare to him who he is and come and pray the prayers of the saints that they prayed down throughout history. I'm going to come before God yet again and realign my heart with the scripture rather than with the culture. Yet again. That's what we do. That's what it looks like. Horrible things may be going on all around you, but your battle... Your battle is not to pick up a sword and take Goliath's head off. Although, if that day ever returns, count me in. But most of our journey, most of your journey and my journey, our battle looks like 60, 70, 80 years. Day in, day out, love God with all. No turning back. No giving up. No selling out the boat for the good life and the smiles and every day you're going to have a fight David fought Goliath Joshua fought Amalekites 
Paul's fight with shipwrecks, wild beasts, and being flogged. You will have a fight. It's epic. You say, no, it's not as epic as wild beasts and getting to write two-thirds of the New Testament and a nine-foot giant. Your journey is a battle. And in some ways, your journey is much harder than mine. Because that's visible right there in my face. He's big. He's tall. Got to kill him. It'll be over soon. Yours, day after day, lies, twisted schemes. That's what Paul says in Ephesians 6. Be on guard. Be strong. You're going to have to fight. You better, you better get some faith. You better put on the helmet of salvation. You better, you better, put, you better get the truth you know, wrapped around you. It's a daily fight. It's a daily battle, and it's long. I mean, wouldn't it be cool tonight if I was preaching sermons like, hey, guys, 50 years is going to go by fast. Following Jesus is easy. It's cakewalk. Here we go. Hip hooray. Good time to hear to say hallelujah. Let's go. I, I wish that was it. But I'm just telling you, there's too many sweet church kids that I knew that had some kind of sweet doctrine that 10 years later don't look anything like Jesus. So I'm just going, I, I think that this really is a fight. I think it really is a battle. What about you? You, renew your mind. Scripture, you worship and you pray daily. Your time, your dollars. You serve the poor. You help the hurting. That's what winning looks like for us. Daily, molding our lives around Christ, looking like and lo- a physical demonstration an outward demonstration that love exists in our hearts. That it's real. So that we don't slowly give in to all the other lovers of the day. We just marinate in the culture. Slowly allow fear to be in us. America freaking out about an economy. Fear. Temptation is, well, maybe I should speak out too. You know, sex in our culture is like off the charts in terms of lust and the cry of the day. Just this sexual perversion. And there's an anger, frustration from anybody who doesn't, doesn't tolerate all of it. And yet we find in our Bible a very real scripture. Jesus says, I hold this against you. You tolerate the woman Jezebel. You tolerate immorality. There will be a day where it won't be, did you engage, but did you tolerate it? Are you just okay with it? Or whatever be. Oh, you're going to fight, friends. We got a war on our hands. This ain't hunky-dory, sweet, smiley, church boy stuff. The next 50 years, I, I, we're not going to have the furnace here just like, hey, we want to give you a little cocoon to get away from the world for a season. No, we're praying that God would forge leaders that look like Jesus 10 years from now. And you've got to know there's a battle. And there's going to be a day where when you say no to sexual immorality, no to some of those things, there are people, it, you're going to see a battle. You watch. You watch. I mean, you know. 
You go to college, some of you, used to, occasionally, long time ago, maybe for a semester. Like Austin said, college, that was a crazy semester of my life. But he's not even here and I'm picking on him. But you see it, it's out there, right? Fame, it's out there. The comfort, oh, let me just retire early, give me a van down by the river. I just, I, I'm just tired, I want, I want, you, it's there. Okay, are you in John 4? Time to preach. John chapter 4. All right. I just went in. I'll conclude with this. It's not really my introduction, it's a deal. John chapter 4. This is the story of the woman at the well. Intriguing story. Jesus has been talking to this lady. Disciples go into town. They come back. Start, we'll pick up in verse 31. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, speaking to Jesus, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? I mean, that's just when you look like classic moron right there. Okay, okay. You know? Hey, Judas, did you bring him some? Uh-huh. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. The disciples are a little clueless here and. Jesus goes, I've got food you don't know of. I, I, my food is to do the will of the Father. And what he's saying here is, there's something that sustains me. There's something that nourishes me that's of a world that you don't even know. And, and that's what I'm saying here. You're going to face these things. And if you've got a heart internally seeking God, being renewed day after day, you can be in this long, long battle and people will come up to you and they will say, toleration is the philosophy of the day. What's wrong with you? And the only way you will be able to overcome that moment is if you have food they know not of. It's if there's a, a life in God, if there is a, the word of God is alive and a conviction that it's true. And if there is within you, I don't need the fame and I don't need the dollars and I don't need the comfort and I don't need to fit in with the philosophy of the day because let me tell you something, I've been supplicating and praying and crying out and I know God and the, the word of God is real, it's alive and Jesus is returning and, and what you're saying, all that, they look at you and go, who are you? you? go, oh, I've got food you know not of. That! is who's got the book where's the girl book here that's contagious christianity people when you've got that when you've got that you go what yeah what are you made of they'll look at you and go what is in your heart far more than a tactic you've got this in your heart and they'll they're different you go yeah 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 let me tell you about this man jesus who is my all, whom I love with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength. And he is everything. And loving him means all. And because I love him so much, I will not allow any other lover to marinate in. Nothing will come in. Nothing else is getting in. He is all. And I may live in this world, but I'm of a whole different tribe. 
My tribe is in eternity. And that's where my heart is as well. You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for local churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.